Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 30 about the power of humiliation. Kind of a strange title. I think you'll see where I'm going in a moment. Job 30, The Power of Humiliation. Just to give you a a little bit of a quick kind of catching up, especially if you haven't been here in the series on the book of Job, as we've gone chapter by chapter, verse by verse through the book of Job, we've covered quite a bit of material. And if you are new to the study, the uh, previous messages are on the website. This is a book about suffering. This is, you know, when we hear the name Job, Job becomes an automatic that we think of a man who suffered. And if you've ever gotten into the book of Job, you may have gone to the book of Job at a time when you were going through suffering. That's usually when people want to read Job, either then or when they need a job or a job, because they think that's a, but never mind. Anyway, So if you've read the book of Job, you know that he is a righteous man. You know that God uh, sees him as righteous. He's the greatest man of the East, the greatest man of his culture. And yet something happens in the heavens, and it's a dialogue between God and Satan. And Job doesn't know what's happening, but what he does know is that he begins to suffer uh, what we would call unspeakable suffering. And a lot of people who have looked at the book of Job over the years have really, you know, uh, if you're a skeptic or if you're an agnostic or an atheist, you begin to look at the book of Job and say, is God some sort of God that just like take bets? He takes bets in heaven and he's kind of just, you know, doing a bet with Satan to see how much Job can take. And what's this all about? And what's the purpose of this book? And we introduced a concept that I don't want you ever to forget, and I don't want to ever forget it either, and it's this, and you may not have heard this before, but this is a key to understanding the book of Job. Job is a picture of Jesus. He is a picture of an innocent sufferer who goes through something that is a picture of redemptive suffering. So that in the book of Job, we have talked about the problem of evil and the power of the gospel. Now, if you were to interview people on the streets of the Inland Empire, if you were to talk to friends and family, co-workers, and ask them, what question would you have for God? If you had one question for God, and you could ask it tonight, what, what question would you have? And I think a lot of people would say, why is there so much evil and suffering in the world? The book of Job addresses that question and shows us a man who was righteous, who was godly, who before the Lord was blameless, not perfect, but he he was doing the main things of life consistently right. He was a good man, and yet he goes through all this terrible suffering. And the book of Job ultimately is trying to get us to see that there's a greater Job coming. There's a ultimate innocent sufferer that will be more righteous than Job because he will be in all points tested as us yet without sin. And so the story of Job is kind of laying the groundwork for the hope 
of Jesus, the innocent sufferer. If you can understand the book of Job with that backdrop, you've got a head start on most people who will read Job and be a little bit confused about what's the point of the book. The point of the book is ultimately to tell us there is a real problem of evil. Even tonight, I know, you know you've probably been watching the news like me and you know the world's in some turmoil and there's uncertainty and it looks like it's calmed down a little bit, but we never know you know, in a given week, a given day, what can happen. And it drives us to pray for our leaders and it drives us to pray for the world and it drives us for cooler heads to prevail and all of this stuff. But we know the history of man has not been a pretty history. It's been littered with war and evil. And some things are easy to explain. If someone shoots another person or someone, you know, uh, does a dastardly deed, it's, it's not hard to figure out. But there's other questions that we have about cancer and, you know, this broken, fallen world that are not as easy to deal with. So this problem of evil is actually a theological um, topic that books have been written about, that studies are endeavored, uh, that explanations are given. Some years ago, I saw a debate Ravi Zacharias and William Lane Craig representing the Christian worldview with a outspoken atheist and kind of an Indian uh, polytheist that believed every religion had truth in it. And the atheist jumped on the book of Job and his big thing was, what's God doing in this book? What's this book all about? Why does God allow this suffering in Job's life? And you may have questions like that tonight that are very personal. Why? We just got word uh, a little while ago as we were praying that a beloved uh, church member is on his deathbed and the family's you know, got some tough decisions to make about you know, keeping him attached to a machine. And life is hard. And even when it feels like we're, we got some smooth sailing, then we get another curveball. And so... Th- If you're here tonight and you're a little bit new to the book of Job, I want to encourage you that you're in the right place. Whenever we sit before uh, the word of God, we're in the right place. Amen? So the power of humiliation. Uh, Let's pray before we go any further. Father, thank you for each precious person that's come tonight. Thank you for a new year, 2020, that we we want to see more clearly. We want to know you better. These are some of the things that we've kind of put out there for ourselves and for this congregation, that we would know you better, see the world through your eyes, even see our suffering through your eyes. And that's very hard, Lord. And we confess tonight that we need all the help we can get. So would you help us as we study your word to see what you want us to see, hear what you want us to hear. Make our hearts pliable to your ways. Your ways are above my ways. Your ways are above what I see. So help us, Lord. You know what every need in this room is tonight, those who may listen to this through the internet or the radio or whatever it may be. And so we're asking for your mercy. We're asking that you would speak to us. May it not be the voice of a man. May it be your voice that is heard ultimately for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, as we've gone through the study, I've introduced you to the idea of a psalm of lament. Many of the book, uh, the psalms within the book of Psalms Scholars call the psalm hymnal the Psalter. So if you've ever heard that before, it's the Psalter. 
and it's got a bunch of little, a uh, bunch of different songs in it. And a lot of them are lament songs, and they are kind of like, Lord, life's a bummer. Let me paraphrase. Lord, life's a bummer. Where are you? Help me. I don't get it. That's what a lot of the Psalms are about. This particular chapter is considered a lament chapter where Job feels this great humiliation. Uh, Martin Luther said about the Psalms of lament, he said, what is the greatest thing in the Psalter but this earnest speaking amidst the storm winds of every kind? Where, where do you find deeper, more sorrowful, more pitiful words of sadness than in the Psalms of lamentation? There again, you look into the hearts of the saints as into death, yes, as into hell itself. When they speak of fear and hope, they use such words that no painter could so depict for your fear or hope, and no Cicero or other orator has so portrayed them. And that they speak these words to God and with God, this, I repeat, is the best thing of all. This gives the words double earnestness and life, close quote. If you've ever tried to do your problems without God, lots of luck. And even when you don't understand things, if your laments go upward to God, at least you're bringing God into the problems, amen? But if you don't have the Lord, then where do you go? What are your answers? What do you depend upon? And so a lot of the Psalms are an honest wrestling with these ideas. Let's uh, jump into Job 30, and then I'll, we're going to make a left turn to a psalm. But here's how Job opens up chapter 30. By the way, um, just by way of review, too, these are the last two chapters where Job speaks, and then we won't hear from Job again. God is going to answer him in chapter 38. So for those of you who have been through the whole study of Job, and you're like, when is God going to speak? Just a few more chapters. Hold on. It's coming. It's like a good movie. You got to just wait. You know how they do that to you? They make you wait with the cliffhanger for the next episode so you'll come back and watch it. That's kind of what's happening in the book of Job. He says, but now, Job 30, verse 1, those younger than I mock, if you have an ESV, they laugh at me, whose fathers I disdain to put with the dogs of my flock. Now, chapter 30 is a contrast with chapter 29. And in chapter 29, Job was talking about his blessed life. He knew God. He walked with God. He was prosperous. He had a huge estate. He had many servants, many children. He helped the poor. He helped the weak. He helped the widow. He helped the needy. He was a good man. And because he had been so blessed by God, he had the resources, spiritual wisdom and monetary resources to be very helpful and benevolent to a lot of people. So someone might say, hey, if you got a problem and you're hurting a little bit or you need a, a pearl of wisdom or maybe you're behind on a light bill, go see Job. He's a good man. He's got lots of resources, lots of connections. He'll, he'll probably pray for you and give you something to help you in your life. That's the kind of man that Job was. And then everything changed. And he became a byword, a joke, even to the young. And in, in this culture and society of that day, 
You respected your elders. You addressed them with respectful greetings. You honored them. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Hey, this is Pastor Shane Lance from Living Truth Christian Fellowship in Corona, California. We want to thank you for listening to the program today. And we want to let you know that we have some new service times on Sunday morning. So we are going to go back to two services on Sunday mornings. One is going to be at 8.30 a.m. and the other is going to be at 10.30 a.m. So we pray that you'll join us for one of those services. I am the music director at the church and we are really excited to be able to worship through music and we're going to worship as well through studying God's word. We're going to worship in spirit and in truth as the scripture commands us to do. So we're really excited. We pray that you'll join us for one of those services this Sunday at 8.30 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. We pray that you have a great week and we thank you for listening to Walk in Truth Radio. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. Producer Rob Newton here, and on behalf of Pastor Michael and the Walk in Truth team, thank you so much to our financial and prayer partners. Whether you have given a one-time donation or you have become a monthly partner, you have contributed to our mission to reach out with God's truth to all people and helping listeners like you apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You've heard that before, right? Well, we mean it. Thanks to our financial partners, we have added three new radio stations this year. Our prayer is to bless our new listeners the way we have hopefully been a blessing to you. If you're a longtime listener, would you please consider becoming a $5 a month partner? That may not seem like much, but every little bit makes it possible for us to continue our broadcasts, podcasts, and free apologetic events. Please become a partner giving at least $5 a month. Visit walkintruth.com to donate or call 844-48-TRUTH. That's walkintruth.com or call 844-48-TRUTH. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walkin' Truth. Now, chapter 30 is a contrast with chapter 29. And in chapter 29, Job was talking about his blessed life. He knew God, he walked with God, he was prosperous, he had a huge estate, he had many servants, many children, he helped the poor, he helped the weak, he helped the widow, he helped the needy, he was a good man. And because he had been so blessed by God, he had the resources, spiritual wisdom and monetary resources to be very helpful and benevolent to a lot of people. So someone might say, hey, if you got a problem and you're hurting a little bit or you need a a pearl of wisdom or maybe you're behind on a light bill, go see Job. He's a good man. He's got lots of resources, lots of connections He'll, he'll probably pray for you and give you something to help you in your life. That's the kind of man that Job was. And then everything changed. And he became a byword, a joke, even to the young. And in, in this culture and society of that day, you respected your elders. You addressed them with respectful greetings. You honored them. Today, that's going by the wayside, amen? Uh, there's not a whole lot of respect, it seems, in a lot of cases. And Job had the respect of young pe- people. In fact, in the previous chapter, 
Job painted a picture that when he entered into a room, the young people would kind of just, uh, you know, they would open the Red Sea for his appearance and they would kind of just go away. He was that respected, that awed, that feared. He was that kind of guy, you know, where there was a, a healthy respect for the man. But now the young, look at verse one, they laugh at him. And Job says, even their father's the one mocking me. I wouldn't have put him with my sheepdogs. Now, for those of you who are dog lovers like me, what's Job saying? Is he putting down the dogs? No. He's actually saying that sheepdogs are useful because they would help you with your flock and they would keep them in line. And he says, these guys, dads are so low that I wouldn't even let them run with my sheepdogs to do that job or maybe even put them in charge of my sheepdogs. I told you we take a left turn to uh, Psalm 44. Let's go over there. There's a Psalm of Lament. And uh, this is an example that you can, I'm sorry, you gotta take a right turn. Psalm 44. And I want you to get another flavor for some of these Psalms of Lament because that's kind of what this chapter is all about. Here's, these are good medicinal psalms, so good places to be when life is not easy. He says in Psalm 44, look at verse 13. Thou dost make us a reproach to our neighbors, a scoffing and derision to those around us. You make us a byword among the nations, a laughing stock among the peoples. All day long my dishonor is before me, Note, and my humiliation has overwhelmed me. Because of the voice of him who reproaches me and reviles, because of the presence of the enemy and the avenger. Oftentimes when, times when the people of Israel were conquered by another nation or things weren't going well, you know, they were proud of their heritage, proud of the scriptures, proud of their God. And sometimes when things went wrong in the nation or wrong in their personal lives, people would say, well, where's your God now? If your God's this this deity that's supposed to be over all the earth, why is your life in a shambles? Sometimes when we're going through pain and suffering, we feel shame, and we often feel shame because of our shortcomings, and that can turn into humiliation, and humiliation is almost a synonym for shame. It's really very similar. This author says, shame is, in fact, hating yourself. He said, I recently read these descriptions of shame that seem to align perfectly with my experience. Shame is hating yourself and understanding why other people hate you too. Shame is like a prison, but a prison that you deserve to be in because something is wrong with you. Shame is the opposite of the gospel. Shame says, yes, you've made mistakes. You've made a mistake which is typical for a total loser like yourself. The gospel says, yes, you've made a mistake, and here's some grace to redeem you. Shame says you're not perfect, and consequently you're unworthy of love. The gospel says you're not perfect, and despite your imperfection, you are deeply loved. Shame says you're uniquely flawed and absolutely do not belong. The gospel says everybody has flaws, including you, but in Christ we all belong. Shame says you are hopeless. The gospel says you may be guilty, but Jesus Christ is your hope. Amen? Sometimes we, we do that to ourselves. We're on this vicious circle 
of self-shaming and self-loathing because we are imperfect. And sometimes, even, I'll tell you as a pastor, the same grace that I preach, I don't always give to myself. My expectations are pretty high of myself. And so if I skin my knee or if I make a mistake or my thinking is wrong or whatever it may be, sometimes I have a tough time believing that God gives me the same grace that I preach. Can I get a witness? Anybody else wrestle with that kind of stuff? And so what we need to understand is that God has grace for us. Now, grace, we remember in Romans 6, is never an excuse for sin. We don't say, well, God will forgive me, so I'm going to go ahead and do this dumb thing because grace, 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 grace. No, because if you take advantage of God's grace in that way, God may spank you. But if you're living your life and you're going along and you you fell down or you skinned your knee or you made a mistake, look, God knew when he signed you up that you were imperfect, amen? Now, we're all in process, but these these, uh, lament psalms, I think, are encouraging for us to see we're not alone. All day long, verse 15, Psalm 44, my dishonor is before me, my humiliation has overwhelmed me because of the voice of him who reproaches and reviles because of the presence of the enemy and the avenger. All this has come upon us, but we have not forgotten you. And we have not dealt falsely with your covenant. Our heart has not turned back. And our steps have not deviated from your way. Yet you have crushed us in a place of jackals, covered us with the shadow of death. If we had forgotten the name of our God or extended our hands to a strange God, would not God find this out? For he knows the secrets of the heart, 22 but for your sake we are killed all day long. Many of you will note that this verse is quoted in Romans 8. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered, but you guys know how Romans 8 goes, but we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You've been listening to The Power of Humiliation, part one on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Job chapter 30. Hey, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on our free Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, our Living Truth app is the one with the red logo with the pillars. With our app, you can learn more about Living Truth Christian Fellowship, the church behind Walk in Truth, where Pastor Michael Lance serves as a senior pastor. If you're local to Southern California, the app gives you updates and information about upcoming Bible studies, free events, and services, both for you and your kids. Hey, if you live outside Southern California, you can still benefit from the Living Truth app. You can listen and watch Pastor Michael's previous teachings, and you can contact the church if you have any questions or comments. Download the free Living Truth app in your app store. Now, here's Pastor Michael with a final word before we go. Well, it is never fun to be humiliated. It makes you feel small. And it can be a reason why a friendship ended. It could be a reason why you closed your heart to even trying again with relationships. And for some of you, you felt humiliated at a church and you made a decision. I'm never going back again. And man, that's a tough place to be. 
you might be saying, why would I risk it again? Why would I put my heart out there? A place that was supposed to be safe uh, became a source of pain. And maybe you would say another source of pain in my life. And I'm so sorry if that's how you're feeling. And I'm sorry if that's what happened. And, you know, believers fall short. And sometimes we hurt each other. And sometimes we say things we ought not. And this is where the power of forgiveness comes in. We're a forgiven community that we need to practice forgiveness. And let me just say, the only thing that you can control, my brother, my sister, is your part of it. So if you're holding on to unforgiveness and that one memory is the um, the thing that stumbled you for a long, long time, don't let it. Don't let it stumble you anymore. Move it out of the way and get back to where you need to be. Don't let that one thing, that one comment, that one person, that one potential, um, make, don't make that your focus. Make Jesus your focus. And again, I, I know it's easier said than done, but I believe you can get past it and get back into fellowship again. If we can help you, you can always reach out to us at 844 844- 48 truth. There are pastors here Tuesday through Friday. We'd love to talk to you and to encourage you. 844-48 truth. If you need some prayer, need some direction on getting back into fellowship or just maybe getting over an issue, 844-48 truth. This is Pastor Michael, and we'll see you right here tomorrow. God bless. Remember, we've skipped over some of Pastor Michael's teachings in the book of Job. But you could listen or watch those teachings when you download our free Living Truth app. It's the one with the red logo with the pillars. And join us tomorrow on this station for part two of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Job chapter 30 called The Power of Humiliation. I'm Mike Massaro. Hey, thanks for listening to Walk in Truth, where it's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.